Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to the show. This week I'm bringing you the second half of an important conversation I had with my pal Sean Moroni. Now, if you didn't see last week's episode, here's a quick recap. Sean was like a lot of kids. He was pretty active and he liked to play sports, but also like so many kids, he was heavy, which eventually led to him becoming a heavy adult. Like most people, he tolerated and adapted to his circumstances best he could while trying to diet and lose the weight until tragically he had a severe medical crisis with lymphedemia, which nearly took his life. It also led to him becoming heavier, so heavy that he became a homebound adult. Now in this episode, we talk a little bit more about his childhood and hear about what Sean is doing now to deal with his health. And we also talk about some of his misconceptions and tropes related to obesity. Now I think you'll immediately notice as I did, Sean is a fighter. He fights for his health and he fights to advocate for the resources for other homebound obese people. And he carries with him a lot of knowledge and passion for this. Obesity, especially homebound related obesity can be such an uncomfortable conversation. Sean and I do our best not to get too far in the dumps about it all, but we also wanted to have an honest conversation that according to Sean, 30 million Americans deal with today. Sean has a podcast called Living Large that focuses on homebound obese people as an encouragement to live life to its fullest and to live large and to have the resources needed to care for yourself properly. He also is an author of a book called Becoming Larger Than Life, addressing the elephant in the room. And if you're dealing with being homebound due to your obesity or you know someone who it is, hopefully hearing Sean's story will help you feel not as alone as you may feel today. I'll make sure to put Sean's contact info in the details of this podcast so you can check it out and be able to find some resources. Now, Remember, as hard as it is, every day people are breaking the chains of obesity and finding a way to a better life. There is no easy way out, but I know it's possible and you can do it. So when did you first realize you were bigger than the people that were around you? All my life. I mean, I, I was husky when I had to go to the, um, to the Cub Scout, you know, as a Cub Scout. Fellow I, had Cub Scout guy. Husky, I had to go to the husky area <laughs> me too you know to get my pants at montgomery wards and huh yeah at montgomery wards <laughs> Heck yeah that's i think that's the only place and, i think that's the only place they and, sold husky and gimbals too okay i, I didn't know of gimbals i didn't know of gimbals but. yeah well i just remember happened to go there and my pants you know, my legs being super short, but my pants being super big. You're a fellow stub leg. I'm, I have a tall torso and short stubby legs. So, so let's well, see. No, I, no, I, listen to me. I beat you though. You know what my, what my inseam is. <laughs> I can only hope to know. Tell me 24. Oh, wow. That's a good one. <laughs> that's pretty good. How tall are you? I'm five, I'm five ten. Okay. So, so my torso I look like I not as I look like Fred Flintstone or that's Mr. hilarious. Incredible. I'm so I'm six know? I'm I'm six foot with a twenty nine inseam. Well, but see, I I take you beat me 29. a little bit. You beat me a little bit. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, five inches. That's five inches. Excuse that, me. You know, I'm sort of like, man, where's my leg? You know. So <laughs> now, was your family heavy? Uh, uh, some. My sisters battled with it. You know, my, my brother was a little, uh, my oldest brother was a little bit, but not much. My sister, my brother, Joey, wasn't, um, my mom was a little bit bigger, but not much. My, my father, but my father passed away when I was six, um, wasn't at all. He was big and husky as far as, cause he was a welder. He worked, you know, quite a bit. A lot of people were bigger bone, but yeah, some definitely weighed through. My my sister Angie had the 
gastric bypass mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like me and Angie got it and some of my sister, Terry. Would you say you were an active kid? Very active. You know, let, let me, you, you tell me. <laughs> okay. I played baseball. I did baseball. Four day, four days a week. Oh, so your whole I childhood played you played baseball. Okay. Played football. Yeah, Ooh, I, what I, position I did you play catcher. football? I played uh, right tackle. Oh, stud. And, and, and long snapper for field goals and punts. Ooh, very cool. So that's, that's what I did. When did you start yeah, exercising right. as an adult? 2017. That was that was sort of your first effort to. Uh, yes, I okay. didn't do too much exercise and at all. Were you a lifelong dieter? Have you well, ever yeah, dieted I mean, before? I, <laughs> yeah, a million times. Lost, a million times. I've lost a million pounds. You know, I've done everything. You know, Jenny Craig, Weight Watch. I went to, you know, Weight Watchers. You know, you know, um, things like meetings. I go. I'd be the only man there. I, I, yeah, I've, I've, I've often, well, not often, only one a few times, but I've been the only, the only man at a Weight Watchers meeting. I've went to Jenny Craig, and as the sales rep called it when he called me to try to sell me a million dollar service plan, he called it JC because that was way cooler. So you spent your twenties and thirties efforting to lose the weight, then, yeah? I was in denial until the infections and the weight came, like from two thousand. To 2004, I was in denial. Mm-hmm. I kept getting the infections. And then from 2000 to 2004, 2000, I was probably 350 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was a functional And you felt you, you felt like you could still live life, right? When my wife and I got married, I had a Dodge Neon, if that mm-hmm. tells you anything. <laughs> Great car. Yeah. And <laughs> I fit in it no problem. Okay. You know, that's what it would. That's how. Yeah. You know, and then I was into now until 2000 to 2004. Yeah. I was in the hospital for the first time ever in my life. That was mm-hmm. the first time I went. Mm-hmm. And I in went. 2004? Like three, yeah, 2004. I uh-huh. went from, you know, the, uh, what, three, whatever, to 567 in four years. It, it can happen and fast. And then I was it? like, holy smoke, what's going, you know? Yeah. And then went and that wasn't enough. And because I still was able to, you know, move and, and this growth was getting bigger. And then all of a sudden, after it was said and done, I went and I got, um, you know, went to 687. So was 2017 the first time you really cut weight off of your body? Yes, I lost 100 pounds in eight, eight, um, what should we call it, uh, eight months. I saw your, uh, I saw your post with the 102 T-shirt. Yeah. Um, well, little did I know, I would kept going back, and guess what? The scale wouldn't move. And every time my trainer would say, well, you're doing something. What are you doing? Tell me what you, well, I tracked everything I ate, everything. And I tried keto. I tried carnivore 58 days, put me back, put me in the hospital. Um, Keto, I gained 20 pounds. What, What works for me is making sure I have 
the right combination of foods. I don't count calories. I am eating 50% less than what I did last year. That's a big Put cut. It that way. That's a big cut. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Well, like I said, I can't. Like I had sushi last night. Mm-hmm. I could eat, I eat, I eat three pieces of sushi. That's it for dinner. And that's all you had for dinner last night? That's all I had. Yes. You're, you're, uh, and, and it's just like I'll eat something. And like I said, it's not, I don't know whether it's the medicine or, my taste buds definitely have changed but you would think of what i eat my wife will attest to this that i would lose a ton of weight yeah nope have you tried any like uh semaglutide or ozempic or anything like that well with seeing that you brought it up that's what i'm gonna be meeting with next week about ozempic i've been well and they're also I my understanding is semaglutide is much cheaper and basically the same thing. And what I like about semaglutide is I think you can those exempic needles I think are kind of preset doses that kind of climb up the scale of full strength pretty fast. You can you can do semaglutide like in smaller doses and maybe even like instead of taking a big punch once a week, you can <laughs> cut that dose in half and take it twice mm-hmm. a week and see if that makes a difference. Yeah, so I've been taking well, so. Yeah, I'll make mention that. Yes, Book, yes, bookmark definitely. just semaglutide, and I know people that know how to get it legally, prescription by doctors. If you ever need to uh, have that conversation, okay, cool. Yeah, so you had lost that hundred pounds. You're saying that you had a stall. You, th- I think you're intonating that you had some sort of. Um, well, you, you, you clearly you're you're intonating you had a stall, and I think you're intonating that maybe hormonally things got all crisscross inside you what real where did that lead you to why did that momentum sort of fall apart it didn't really fall apart i had to reorganize my mindset i don't feel that i fell apart i feel like okay i have to to do this and sometimes things happen to us yeah that aren't comfortable because we're not willing to move from it mm-hmm. and then it's like you have to get jerked away from it instead of seeing and that's what's happened over the last several years i just got interrupted and i had to make sure i had to keep this up here now you talked about crushing pizzas earlier but you seemingly have said you've never really been a pizza crusher your whole life i love pizza put it this way i love pizza I could never eat a whole pizza, but everybody automatically assumes that I, know. I have. I know. That, but here's the thing. Like, well, Ozempic or something like that, I need a reset. Mm-hmm. I need something that my system is doing. It's supposed to help hormonally. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to help with the, um, uh, what should we call it, the um, uh, insulin resistance and, and, and metabolic And ghrelin. Yeah. 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 So exactly. And so I tried to get bariatric surgery. Mm -hmm. I have a doctor that will do it, but there's so much red tape that I have to do this, that they were going to work with me. And every time I was in the hospital, Mm -hmm. my bariatric doctor's there, but he was going to come 
and do the test on there because I'm they want to be down, you know, in the five hundreds. And I got there, but nothing would happen. Mm-hmm. And um, but anyways, I just can't, you know, wait. I need something that, and I'm not looking for a quick fix. I'm I, and I'm, I, I'm not seeing you, Arshon. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. I'm looking. I I am looking for something to help me and everything that I am going through. Like I said, I don't have excuses, Russell. I have explanations. And I'm not even trying to over explain it, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have the steps that I'm supposed to take. Like I said, I'm talking where we call it, we're calling it living large. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's a memory. That's who I should have been helping. There's 30 million people in America that don't come out of their home because they can't because of obesity. Well, that's my people group. And I think it was just there. What if I would have lost all my weight? Okay. That would have been great. But I think that I'm supposed to remember because I think it's my, I believe it's my calling to help people because they're a no name people group that nobody wants to hear. You know, they go to the doctor and say, well, you need to lose weight. Okay. Well, I'm tired of hearing that. Well, how am I going to get rid of my lymphoma? Well, you need to lose weight first. Okay. Well, is it the chicken or the egg? Well, what about my lymphedema causing me to gain weight? And they look at you like a who doll looking at a tombstone. And it just doesn't, it's, that's what I want a doctor to do to listen to me. My primary care doctor, Dr. Gibfried, he's, he's amazing. He, he comes to my house or my nurse practitioner will come, will sit down. He comes for an hour. He knows it's going to be an hour. And because we talk. Mm-hmm. And you know what he said to me last time he was here a couple months ago? He said, you know, I said, Dr. Gibfried, thanks for, you know, listening and, you know, caring for me. I said, I, I really feel like you care. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, Sean, he said, let me tell you something. He says, thanks for teaching me about obesity. Mm. and the things that you're going through and how other people are going through. He says it made me understand to open that up to make sure that I'm treating people that are living large and treat them with dignity and respect. God bless them. That that's amazing. I, I only have a I only have a few more questions I want to ask. I yeah, I, I want to just cool. tell you that I I know I know that lymphedemia is not in the discussion and it can be so disheartening if you're experiencing these drastic fluid adjustments in your body. Like I I, I as I was telling you, I remember very specifically around 9 years ago outside at my in-laws, I trying to I was trying to cook for my in-laws barbecuing standing on my feet all day and I go to sit down at some point and my right calf is it looks like a watermelon I'm afraid my skin is going to split open and I must have been carrying at least 20 pounds of extra fluid in there maybe 30 I don't know 
and that's just one calf. I know people have lymphedemic glands all over their body. So if, if you're having, I had a localized failure because of immobility while I was sitting in a chair for four days, watching my son get born. And I, no one said, Hey, Mr. Pierce, you should get up and walk a little. That could be bad for your circulation. And I was already, I was already very heavy. I was already very heavy, much as you were in the, in the, the mid to high threes at the time. So already my circulation system was struggling. I was dealing with pitting in both legs at the time. I was, I was, mm-hmm. I was waiting for a catastrophe to happen. And I, I just was irresponsible with my body because I didn't know any better. If someone would have said, Hey, Mr. Pierce, by the way, if you don't go walk every couple of hours, you're going to have a lifetime of issues of lymphatic syndrome in your right calf. Uh, we suggest you get up and walk. I mean, they are all, all fucking RNs and doctors. You know, you'd think someone would <laughs> care it a little bit to give but me a little they bit don't, of. They don't. <laughs> they know. were just worried about little they Ryan don't. and Mama Bear trying to get them out safely and securely. And you know what? I'll take it. That's a fair trade. I talked a couple weeks ago to a guy named Brian Hurley. He's a he's a handsome lad uh, from across the pond. You said you're Irish. I'm mostly UK British, and so is Brian. His he is his voice is incredible. As is he, his brother is a natural strongman. And Brian is about half our age. He's competing, training for his first strongman competition. Okay. So he's, he's, he's an active man. I, I asked him, what do you think of the assertion that fat people are lazy? And he says, I think becoming obese can maybe cause you to become lazy. Tell me what you think about that. How does that bounce off of you? Well, here's the thing. What does a person do that's 600 pounds? Now, it's going to slow them down. They're not going to be able to move all that much. And they're probably hurting quite a bit. Yes. I don't think it's as much lazy as it's a much, man, I got to drag 600 pounds up. And then I'm hurting to nobody. So, yeah, I think we have a tendency to do less than we ever have and not that it's good it's it's just not yeah well you need well you know you need to move yeah that's <laughs> thanks thanks for uh thanks for letting me know Mr. Obvious. <laughs> thanks captain I mean, obvious <laughs> I, I mean that's what everybody does they they you know well you do you move no, I don't. I just sit here like a rock. Yep. You're really good at reading my mind. This is exactly the question I want to ask you. So let me just put it in your face so I can get the most direct answer possible. So yes. tell me, Sean, when you hear this whole notion of just move more and eat less, what do you think about that, friend? Eat less, move more. I've done it. I, I've done it. I did everything. And, well, maybe you should have did it. What what are you talking? Why is there always an excuse that they have to make and say or assume that we didn't do it? Oh, you're just lazy. Okay, that's fine. But am I lazy? I get the job done in my own way. Whatever I have to do, I have a household here that my wife and I are partners. And we have three girls. I do what I can, and I'm considerate of my caregivers and my girls. And, yeah, I can't move like 
I wish I could get up every 10 seconds and run in place. Well, if you're going to have me do that. No, that's not realistic. That's not realistic. Like it, the, the amount of, the amount of trauma my joints would take in just the most, what for most people would be considered the most mundane of activities. Like you just don't get the, it's like, I, I, my joints would just take a beating on the smallest of exercise sessions and, and, and it hurts, you know, I get told, Hey, you should do some extra walking. Just go take a walk. And I'm like, no, I get what you're saying. I really do. But just doing my dishes (laughs) is all I can do. I, all I can handle is doing my dishes after I'm, 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 I feel like after doing my dishes, like you felt like after a 90 minute workout, do you think fat shaming works? Never, never. That's the worst thing possible. That's like, you know, shaming your children. It doesn't work that you need, you need constructive criticism. You need somebody that's going to construct you and build you up, not shame you every 10 seconds and say, and why are you so fat? Man, that's why. You do, and you're always looking over your shoulder. I, I, I had it when I was a kid. My stepdad, you know, he'd buy something, and if I ate too much of it, he was on me, just to be on me. You know, I remember I love eggnog. I remember him buying an eggnog and marking the carton, and if it got below that 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 line, without him you know, doing it, then it was World War Three. Uh, okay. It just was ta- shame. Shame is a bunch of crud. Don't shame me. I'm a human being first and foremost. There seems to be a movement right now of plus size activities right now. And, and, and I agree with much of it in the heart of much of it. But what do you think about this? Um, living large is a representation of it to some degree, I think in a very healthy manifestation, but what do you think about this healthy at every size, uh, healthy at every size body positivity sort of thing you see on the social medias these days? It's a lie. You, you, you can't be healthy. It, it's not good for you. It's not, it, it just isn't. Now I believe in being human positive, not fat positive. Not, you know, don't shame anybody, but don't, don't tell me that you can, you know, you're fat and all that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, look at, look at, and then the dumbest things that are out there is the mukbang, you know, these people eating so much food in front of everybody that one guy gaining a bunch of weight going from a small size and. Now he's gained so much weight and, you know, eats like like a horse and does it on, you know, show gets viewers just because of that. It, it, that's it's just it's just wrong. But, you know, fat shaming isn't right or being proud to I'm not I'm not proud being this size. I'm proud of me. I, 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 but not it. No, I, I don't know. No, come on. You're beautiful. Okay. Well, no, you are beautiful, but not because you're, you're fat. Right. Fat isn't yeah. beautiful. Yeah, fat exactly. isn't healthy. 
Yeah. In and of itself, there's nothing special about being fat. Just like there's nothing special about being short or tall or, you know what I mean? So, but even so, it's something that, that is, is detrimental on your body, whatever way, because your body's not made to carry that much weight. Right. It's not good. Right. Then let, let, so, lastly, let me ask yeah. you one more question. What do you want people to know most about carrying extra weight and, and suffering from obesity? I want them to know that we're going through something that a lot of times we have no control of. And the eat less, move more antidote that everybody claims hasn't worked. The treatment that we get in hospitals and doctors does not work. And most doctors spend about 30 minutes on obesity and less than on lymphedema. So the two big things is you need to catch up and you need to put, listen, let me, let me say this and, and, and I'll be brief. If I want an MRI, Russell, <clears throat> or a CAT scan, do you know where I have to go? You have to go to like a, some veterinarian hospital, right? A zoo. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it, by the way, the scale that my wife bought is a livestock scale. Okay. We couldn't afford $4,000 for a bariatric scale. Once you put bariatric in the front of it, it pushes, it it goes through the roof. I also say it's government paid for at that point, huh? They just, uh, they just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, what they're doing and people buy it, they know that because, but here's the thing. Why is it that Ellie the elephant can have a CAT scan or an MRI? It weighs way more than me. Mm-hmm. But I can't find out what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't care. And all I'm asking for is for doctors, the medical, everything in health, that they start caring and they start helping us move in the right direction to get the answers that we need and not just brush us off. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Yeah. I want that too, Sean. So that's where I'm at. God bless you, man. Thank you for sharing your time with me. And I hope Brother, that this is really the beginning of more dialogue between the two of us. It will be. Yeah. You know, you know, Will. I, I, you're a great man, Russell. And I love what you're doing. And anything you need from me, I'm here. Thanks, Sean. So I always say this. Peace, love, and greasy hair. <laughs> I got all of that. <laughs> 
<laughs> God bless you, man. I'll catch you up with All you right. later this week, if not later today, okay? Let's do that, okay? All right. Wonderful. Please. All right, talk to you soon. All right, Russell. All right. Bye-bye.